0: Christian Parenting. Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host, and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here.
1: I called this book seeking out goodness rather than searching for goodness, because I learned that the difference between searching and seeking out is when you search for something, you're not sure if you're going to find it. But when you're seeking something out, you know that it's there to be found. And I believe, because I believe that God is good and he has not left us, that there is still good in the world and that he is still at work. And therefore, we as his followers, the people that put the glasses on need to be looking for where he is at work so we can join him, so we can call it out so we can be part of it and point our
0: kids to it too. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom podcast. I so appreciate you taking time to hang out with me here today. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there and a whole lot of other things that beg for your time and attention. So, I do not take it lightly that you are taking the time to hang out with me, and I think you're going to love hanging out with today's guest, Alexandra Kirkendall, who is here to talk to us about our perspective in the world. She has such an encouraging message that I think we all need right now. Now, Alex is someone I have admired for years. I recommend reading anything she's written. She's just a great writer and I have really appreciated her previous books, which we'll link to in the show notes. But I got to meet and hang out with Alex in real life at the Open Door Sisterhood Mastermind Retreat last fall. Alex and I will talk a little about that in our interview today. But it was so great to find that she is in real life, authentically, everything you would imagine her to be in her writing. And I just adore her. And so it was really fun to get to bring her on and share her with all of you. Alex's most recent book, Seeking Out Goodness, Finding the True and Beautiful All Around You is such a book for our times. Uh, She is helping us in the midst of some crazy things going on in the world. And in the midst of a time where there's so much negativity, so much division, so much bad news, she is reminding us to lift our eyes and to See that there is still so much beauty and goodness all around us, and she tackles some of the some of the hot topics that I think uh, we all have recognized. Sometimes they've become normalized in our culture, and I just think it's really important to take the time to consider the topics that she addresses, to pray about them, talk about them, and. Uh, consider how we might move forward. So this is such a great topic. I think you're going to enjoy it. And really, just like everything else, I think these are things that we can talk to our kids about. We can help them form their perspective in the midst of a world that can seem very dark and very um, critical and negative. Well, we get to set the thermostat in our own homes. And I think this is a key to doing that is seeking out goodness all around us. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Um, I want to get right to it. So I'll have a few final words. To say at the end, but without further ado, here's Alexander Kirkendall and I talking about what it means to seek out goodness because, yes, it's still there. Hope you enjoy. Well, hey, Alex, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It does sound a little bit funny for me to be on the (laughs) Boy Mom Podcast.
0: I know, but you are welcome here. Actually, welcome back, I should say. You are on, I think it was episode 85 where we were talking about. Christmas. And Mm -hmm. um, that came from one of your previous books. So before I just get carried away here, can you tell us just who you are for anyone that didn't catch that one or doesn't know you and a little about what you do?
1: Yeah. Well, I um, am not a boy mom. I am a girl mom. (laughs) I have four daughters. Uh, They are 19, 16, 12, and 10. I live in Denver, Right in the city, right in the mountains, Ooh. with my husband and three of our daughters. Our oldest is a freshman at the University of Colorado. yeah, we we have a nice little city life. My husband mm. runs a ministry here that does transitional housing for people coming out of homelessness. Mm. Um, so a lot of addiction recovery and mm-hmm. domestic violence situations. And um my kids go to Denver schools, and we, very much like being right here in the middle of the city. So Mm -hmm. I have written some books. Mm -hmm. Uh, I used to be on staff with Mops International, which is Mothers of Preschoolers. It's a Mm -hmm. ministry that's around the world that is based here in Denver. And then I started writing as part of that and started writing books. And um, my friend Krista Gilbert and I co-host the Open Door Sisterhood podcast, which is a podcast for Christian women and we host a retreat once a year. Mm-hmm. And that is where the fun <laughs> happened yes. last month. Well, I should yeah, say a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, as we record. Yeah. Um, so Monica, do
0: uh, you want to
1: say anything about that retreat? Of
0: course. I want to say something <laughs> about everything you've said so far. I mean, going back to your four daughters and Mm -hmm. how you and I have definitely talked arranged marriages here, Mm -hmm. as anyone
1: can imagine. We kind of have a one-for-one match.
0: Yeah, serious. We totally Mm -hmm. do. And yes, anybody who follows my um, social media, or I mentioned it here on the podcast as well, but in the fall of 2021, because this is going to be coming out all the way in 2022, which is kind of strange because we're recording in the fall. But oh my goodness, I had such a glorious, fantastic time with all of you at the Open Door Sisterhood Mastermind Retreat. Just a highlight of my life. So, and <laughs> and a highlight was just meeting you guys in person because I felt like I got to know you, you know, via Zoom calls and Voxers and all of that in the past. But meeting in person, I just
1: now feel like I have new besties. So this is Mm -hmm. so
0: special to have you here. (laughs) Oh,
1: well, thank you for having me. I wish I could be with you in person. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Well,
0: I was thinking as you described Denver, and I'm sure anyone listening will agree. I I know that God knows what he's doing with our lifespan and all that, but sometimes I just wish there was enough time on this earth that we could like live many different lives. Like, mm-hmm. there's a part of me that wants that city life. I want the mm-hmm. mountain life. I want to experience so many. Di- like, I just could sit here and get a little dreamy, imagining like you're in the city, you can walk to the store can you
1: oh, walk yeah. places two blocks <laughs> two blocks to my grocery store
0: we um, can see the
1: grocery store from our front porch which oh my goodness I highly recommend
0: <laughs> I for
1: someone who is not a great planner right I mean I try to yeah. be I try yeah I like a plan I just yeah. don't always know me either make one Same. um so yes, we call it our third fridge because we have two fridges. <laughs> you know. Love it. The third fridge is the cooler down the street. Oh my goodness! Store. And
0: then you can just send kids down too. Now yes. they're like, oh, that is so fun. And do mm-hmm. kids walk
1: to school? How close are they? Are they bus? Do they ride a bus? Um, they, my middle schooler could walk home. Um, <laughs> we don't have her walk home. I mean, it is the city still, yes, and right. she's she's size tiny. Um, so I pick her up, but probably next year we'll, we'll start letting her right. walk home. She doesn't have a phone and that's a big thing oh. in the city too, is kids that have phones. Uh, parents tend to feel a little more okay with them wandering the streets. Sure. So we will see the, she's campaigning hard for a phone <laughs> oh, at <Christmas>. she- <laughs> And and that's part of her argument. Then I can walk home from school. I'm like, yeah, but I can pick you up. It's okay. I love it.
0: Okay. So, so much fun. Your previous books have just been such a blessing to me and I've loved them. Like I said, we talked about um, loving your actual Christmas in episode 85, but we'll be linking to all of your books in our show notes because they are just so, so good. Some of my favorites for sure. Mm. Um, But now you've got a new book that came out this fall, and as we're recording, I've only been able to read through about almost the first half, and it is marked up and underlined and highlighted, and I'm just so excited to get to share the heart of this book with everybody. So tell us a little bit about Seeking Out Goodness, Finding the True and Beautiful All Around You.
1: Oh, well, thank you for wanting to talk about it because I love this as a topic I like to say that I'm a kitchen anthropologist. Mm. And by that, I mean, I stand in my kitchen and I Mm. try to make sense of the world. Mm. So I don't have a teaching license. I'm not a counselor. I don't have a theology degree. Mm. I'm a mom who stands in my kitchen (laughs) and tries to make sense of the world. And what I have observed the last few years has been a little bit disheartening Mm. about how we communicate with each other Mm. and how we are taking in information from the world and processing it. Mm. And I think we are now at a point where we maybe are trending to look for the bad in situations Mm. or in people. We want to catch people doing things wrong. We want to uh, uh, grasp on to the things that we can critique rather than the things we can celebrate. Mm. And I think part of life is looking for what we want to find. Yeah. And I called this book seeking out goodness rather than searching for goodness, Mm. because I learned that the difference between searching and seeking out is when you search for something, you're not sure if you're going to find it. Mm. But when you're seeking something out, you know that it's there to be found. Wow. And I believe because I believe that God is good and he has not left us, Mm -hmm. that there is still good in the world Mm -hmm. and that he is still at work. And therefore Mm -hmm. we, as his followers, the people that put the glasses on need to be looking for where he is at work. So we can join him. So we can call it out. So we can be part of it and point our kids to it. So, and so that we can enjoy some aspects of life because the truth is life, has both hard and good. It always has mm-hmm. since the fall, right? Yeah. That's part of yep. what happened. Yes. And so I talk in the book about the meta narrative mm. and the micro narrative yep. of life. And the meta narrative of humanity is that creation, God created good things. Sin entered the wor- world, Fall. the fall happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then Jesus came to... Uh, be unified with us, and then redemption yeah. and um, was possible. So it's kind of this pattern of creation, fall, mm-hmm. reconciliation, redemption yes. that we see throughout the big picture of history, but we experience that pattern over and over again in our lives if we look for it and if we allow God to reconcile with us in those hard places and redeem those hard places. Mm. And so that's really my motivation as the kitchen anthropologist Mm. in the kitchen (laughs) saying I want to think about and write about and encourage people to think about and write about it is really about looking for what we know is there and that is good because it can be so discouraging Mm -hmm. to open up our laptops or open up our phones Mm -hmm. and read the headlines or read how people are treating each other yeah yeah and uh and even in our own face-to-face relationships too, it, it right. can be a little sticky right now.
0: Oh, it so can be. And, and like you said, I think it's become so normalized that maybe we don't even catch it the way we would have a mm-hmm. few years back. It's just uh, kind of the new normal. And yet I don't want to just accept that that's going to be a normal for my family or myself. Mm-hmm. So... I have just loved and appreciated how relevant this book is to not just the things you first think of, the pandemic or politics, but so many things going on in our culture and our world today. I love how you talk about the pursuit of truth and Mm. you say agreeing on truth isn't automatic and almost always takes work. Where does that work begin?
1: Well, um, you know, I base all of the things that we're looking for in the book on Philippians four eight, that, that. tells us um, to look for whatever is true, whatever mm. is noble, whatever is right. Yes. So I think part of it is we have to have a genuine desire, yeah, for truth. Mm-hmm. And what gets muddled in there is that we come with our preconceived ideas of what yes. is true. Yes, yes. And so I think if we go to our sources. And then we have to ask, okay, what are reliable sources? If we go to our sources and with the question of what is true, I honestly want to know, God help me to see, reveal to me what is true. We may see things with new eyes. Mm -hmm. And so for me, my sources are scripture, Mm -hmm. my lived experience. So as a kitchen anthropologist, how I'm interacting with the world. Yeah. And then other faithful Christians who I trust. So those three things, if something is true, all three of those should reflect that. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: I think it's, it starts with a genuine pursuit of truth, which means we have to put on that cloak. I'm going to call it a cloak. Yeah. That that cloak of humility. Mm -hmm. And by humility, I mean, we remember that God is God and we are not. Yes. Mm -hmm. So he is going to know the truth. He is going to be able to reveal it to us. But we may come with foggy glasses on already Mm. because of maybe our lived experience. Uh, Maybe it muddled what was true mm-hmm. in our lives. Sure. And and when we look at our life and we look at scripture and there feels like a disconnect, I think we have to look at our life and say, what about my life pointed away from this as mm-hmm. being true? And do I need to get honest about how I've interpreted some of those experiences to be lies? Yeah. About who I am, about who God is, and about yeah. how we interact.
0: You mentioned even Sometimes having fear when it comes to this, like, and I think this has been huge for me through some of the things going on in the world, overcoming that fear, because if if truth is truth, if God's word is true, there really is nothing to fear when we open ourselves up to considering someone else's perspective or considering mm-hmm. that we might
1: be wrong Can you expand on that a little bit better than I can? (laughs) Well, again, this is where humility comes in to play a little bit to say, you know, I'm willing to to listen Mm -hmm. and maybe learn and see something with Mm -hmm. fresh perspective. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to be afraid because the truth will make itself known eventually. Yes, yes and we can be confident that Jesus is the way the truth and the life he mm-hmm. tells us that he is and so if i know that jesus is the ultimate truth how life plays out in the details i can hold a little bit loosely and mm. this could make people feel nervous and i don't want to make people feel nervous <laughs> it's okay uh, <laughs> we can go there <laughs> we can be but but it is a little bit of saying i'm going to be a little bit uncomfortable and again god revealed to me Mm-hmm. Revealed to me. We're not saying that God doesn't know what's true. Yeah. We're saying he does. Yeah. Yeah. And we can feel confident that he is going to reveal it to us. Yes. And we can open ourselves up to the opportunity to be surprised mm. by how it's revealed and yeah. who reveals it. That's There's this there's this idea called common grace mm. where Whatever is true and good in the world, God gives to us. It's his provision to us, but it may not be packaged by a Christian marketer,
0: you know? Yeah, that is so good. And I love that in your book, you quote theologian Karl Barth, who says, we must hold the newspaper in one hand and the Bible in the other. The original quote you say is from Time Magazine, which says, take the newspaper and take the
1: Bible, read them both, but interpret the
0: newspaper from the Bible.
1: Mm -hmm. Because I think we do need to keep the meta narrative Mm -hmm. in mind as we're reading the micro narrative of the day. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. And then um,
0: I'd love for you to talk about taking in new information and tell us what the burned bacon principle is. (laughs) So Uh, good for parents here too.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, I cook my bacon in the oven (laughs) and the, the truth since we're speaking about truth the truth is sometimes I forget it's in there yeah and I uh it starts to burn right and I can pretend that it's not burning <laughs> I can deny that it's not burning but that doesn't change the truth so good right the truth is that the bacon is burned so why wouldn't I just admit that right it might be because I like the old version of the story better i I like the idea mm. that I can Cook bacon without burning it, but that doesn't make it not true. Right. Um, I don't want to admit that I was wrong, that mm-hmm. I stepped away for too long because, mm-hmm. well, pride. Yeah. That's humility again. Yeah. And then I'm afraid of what others will think. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes we hold on to narratives, not because we truly believe that they're true or because God has convicted us, but because. We are afraid to publicly change our minds because we've kind of been jerks in the way Mm -hmm. that we have held on to our beliefs. So good. So anyway, that's the the burned bacon. And I think what we as faithful people want to do is again have humility and say, "Okay, I was wrong, Mm -hmm. or I I didn't understand it that way, and you've helped Mm -hmm. me see it that way, and that's okay." Because here is the thing about how God has made us: He gave us free will. Yeah. Which means that he gave us minds that can make mistakes. And he also gave us minds that can correct those mistakes when we have new information. Mm. And so to model that to our kids, I think is one of the best things. And teenagers give us lots of opportunities. Well, age kids yeah, give us lots yeah. of opportunities to uh, model and say, wow, you just gave me some new information that actually helps me see things right. in a different way. And I'm going to change my mind on this." Right. And that's healthy. Yes. yes. That's not being uh, manipulated by our kids. No. Mm-mm. Maybe no. in some cases they are trying to, and if we let them, then they are. But, right. But in a healthy way to say, I'm a person who has free will. And mm-hmm. I now have new information. Yes, and so now I'm going to make a different decision. Right. we want our kids to live that way as adults.
0: Yes, yes. Okay. Practical example of this that's popping in my head since you already mentioned cell phones uh-huh. was the fact that we got our first son a cell phone at 13. It just seemed to us like, I guess you're a teenager. That's what you get. Um, now my kids are homeschooled. They don't. They're not away from us that much. They don't need a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Well, my third, as a surfer, has been away a lot more, but. By the time the second was 13, we had learned more information. We realized what that phone was doing or not doing to help his older brother. And so we were able to say, just because we gave older brother the cell phone at 13 doesn't mean, you're going to get one too. We have new information. And we realize now from everything we've researched that maybe it's okay for you to wait a little longer. Now, again, there might be a younger child who then has a different life situation. And we have, again, new information, but I love Mm -hmm. that because it frees us up as parents to not have to parent identically for each
1: child. Yeah. And you just summed up the conversation we are having (laughs) with our 12 year old. (laughs) we have new information just because you're sisters. Uh, Mm -hmm. So,
0: you know what we did? We ended up getting, uh, I guess it was our third son. We got him a flip phone and um, he could text on it, but there was Mm -hmm. no internet. So anyway, that's, Mm -hmm. that's another conversation. Okay. I have to bring up the topic of confirmation bias. And you had a story about your friend, Molly, and I thought this was a really good example for somebody walking through this.
1: Mm -hmm. Can you share that? Yeah. So Molly is a friend of mine who lives here in Denver and she posted something on Facebook and I noticed it one night and I noticed it because, you know, Facebook will tell you if multiple people you're friends with share something. Yeah. And so I was a little bit skeptical because a few of the people that shared it, I thought, you know, we don't (laughs) always look at the world the same way, but Molly and I do. Mm -hmm. Well, or we don't, but I've, I don't think she is flippant in what she posts Mm -hmm. on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So she's, she's a very thoughtful person. Yes. And so I watched the video that she posted and I thought, well, that's interesting. And I, I I don't, I have some questions. Mm -hmm. I have some doubts, right? But then I just went to bed Mm -hmm. and didn't think anything of it until I opened my computer the next day. And there was Mm -hmm. a post from Molly Mm -hmm. and she said, I really appreciate that my friends came to me in the way they did and pointed some things out to me, both publicly in the comments, but also privately about how this video maybe doesn't have a lot of credibility. Mm-hmm. And she was very humble mm-hmm. in her Uh, response, she did say, you know, these are the things I think are important right now for us to be thinking about Mm -hmm. as Christians Mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of that, I was drawn to this Mm -hmm. particular video. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also see that we as Christians have a responsibility to uh, be talking about things that are true, because if we push information that's not true about one subject Mm -hmm. I don't think I wrote this in the book, but this was part of what she said. She said, if we push things that are true about one subject in the book, and that's not true, we lose our credibility when it comes to the gospel. Wow. And so we want to be mindful Mm -hmm. and not be uh, haphazard or sloppy in what we um, push as facts. And so the thing I liked about it was, her humility yeah. in it, mm-hmm. but also the way that she credited her friends. Yeah. And said, This is why I was able to hear what people were saying to me because they approached me with care, yeah, with gentleness. Mm-hmm. Because that's who she is. Yeah. She's a very thoughtful, gentle, caring person. People mirrored that back to her. They believed the best in her. Mm-hmm. They led with honor mm. all things I talk about in the book. And yeah. And because they did that, they weren't attacking, they weren't mm-hmm. trying to catch her, they weren't trying to get in that zinger comment yeah. on, and to prove her wrong and prove mm. themselves right, which yes. is tempting. Yeah. We're all tempted to do that. They approached her well, she was able to hear it better. Mm. And then because she humbly responded publicly, we were all able to hear that better. Mm. It just was done in a healthy way. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. So such a difference. I, There is something, you know, with free will, we give ourselves that permission to have new information and then change our minds. The other thing we need to do, and I talk about this in the next section in the book, is give other people permission to change. Mm-hmm. and they have free will as well. And so what that means is we don't go into a conversation mm-hmm. believing, oh, this person's definitely going to think this about right. this topic. Because as you said, we're complex people. We don't always align on every mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe somebody has changed since yeah. the last time you talked to them about right. it. Or maybe the way that they just approach conversations has changed sure. for good or for bad. Sure. Sure. And we need to give people room to change. Now, we mm. might not always like it yeah. when they change, <laughs> right? Yes. People meet our, our kids, for example, uh-huh. yeah. we don't always like it when they start having their own ideas <laughs> that are different than ours. Right. Hypothetically, not right. hypothetically. <laughs> and so, but God gave them free will. Uh-huh. And our job is to respond to them looking for what is true, Mm -hmm. noble, Mm -hmm. lovely. Yeah. Call those things out either in how they're thinking about something Mm -hmm. or in the things that they are saying. Mm. If we agree with one part of what our child says, it doesn't mean we're endorsing everything they've just
0: said. Oh, that's so good.
1: So to pull out those nuggets and say, you know what? We agree on this. I love that. I love that we agree on this. Yes. And I'm trying to get better on that, Mm -hmm. especially with my older girls.
0: It is so helpful in parenting. It is so Mm -hmm. helpful, right? I mean, it just takes their defenses down. And I think if we could all work on that one thing, it would make a huge difference in our communication with our kids, especially the teenagers and Mm up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Find places of agreement. Yes. And that's that's what's good. good. That's seeking out what's good in Mm -hmm. what they're saying. And it, again, it doesn't mean we agree with everything necessarily, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but when we do, because it reflects God's goodness in the world, why not say it? Why not say, yeah, I agree with that part you just said. Right.
0: Oh, that is so solid. Hey friends, I hope you're enjoying this conversation. And I just want to pop in with a quick reminder that we have something special for you that will encourage your parenting. And that is found over at the Christian Parenting website, and this is a resource called Love God, Love Others, and it's a four-week family challenge to live out the greatest commandment from Jesus, which is, of course, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And as parents, most of us tend to complicate things, but here in that one statement, Jesus makes it really simple, that we are called to love God and love others. Now, Cynthia Yanoff put this resource together, and she is super funny and super wise and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. There's going to be selected scriptures and points of truth for your family to reflect on together, which is really cool. It's a great guide together with the family and go through together. And you're going to get seriously fun challenges to try with your family each week as well. So you can get the Love God, Love Others if you visit the cpgive.org website. um, And all you have to do is request a copy. Again, cpgive.org. And I'll have a link to that in show notes, but I really think you're going to enjoy this resource. So I hope you can get your hands on it right away. Okay. Now back to our conversation. There's so many things in this book that are going to relate to social media. And I think it's just because that is such a big part of our world today. And I want to talk a little bit about your section in there about social media and how that can help our parenting as well. But um, I would love for you to speak a little bit about the cancel culture. I have a quote here from you. You say, cancel culture is how history books will remember the tone of our era. And when I read that, I had to just stop and think, like, imagine how history books will look back. And I just thought, what a sad sad way of remembering this time in our world. And yet I do think it's true. And unlike your friend Molly and the the grace that she was highlighting, and I'm sure Molly had some really negative comments and all that as well, but I loved that even she was able to highlight and focus on the good. You went through something where <laughs> you experienced a little cancel culture yourself, right? Can you mm-hmm. tell us that story? I felt for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I posted something that uh, some people perceived as political. I thought I was just noting a historical moment <laughs> on social media, on my Insta stories, and got a number of comments back, some from strangers, mm-hmm. which was fine. Mm-hmm. That, you know, mm-hmm. that's fine. But some were from people I knew, yeah. and some were gracious and mm-hmm. said, tell me more. I'm mm. confused. This doesn't seem to resonate with what I know about you. So they came in with curiosity, which I appreciate. Yes. That was good. But there were a few that felt attacking. Mm -hmm. And because they were people I knew and they were attacking, it felt especially hurtful. Yeah. And I had to figure out how to best approach people sure. in response to mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And you know, my response was based on the level of relationship I had with people before. Sure, sure. So the more invested I was in the relationship, the more invested I was going to be in how I tried to work through it and how wow. much I was extending grace to wow. the person. I mean I really tried to extend grace to everybody. I
0: well, I give you that. so much credit for that. I it's so easy in a situation like that to just not even deal with it to just mm-hmm. move on. I mean but, but then you're basically canceling right back, right? So mm-hmm. that's not not the high road to take. So yeah, go ahead
1: with that. Well, I think the question that was in my mind was where is Jesus standing in this conversation? Sure. Where is he facing? What is his posture? Mm. What is his posture towards me? What is his posture towards this other person? Yeah. And when I brought him in mentally into that yeah. scenario, mm-hmm. it um, it gave me enough pause mm-hmm. to consider my own relationship with Christ and mm-hmm. and a little bit like, okay, I need to represent him in yeah. my response. But also it really softened my heart to pe- other people yeah, and to say, okay, this, this person is not operating out of her best self right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. How can I be gracious in this? That doesn't mean not having consequences Mm -hmm. because there were some things that a few people said that were hurtful Mm -hmm. and I needed to protect myself a little bit from Mm -hmm. that happening again, but how can I move forward in the relationship? And so, yeah, I think with one person in particular, we really were able to reconcile. And I think it's a good example of conflict can breed intimacy if conflict is dealt with well. Wow, that's because good. it. You know, I was able to ask some questions of her, and and then say, you know, I'm. I was just surprised at how you responded to me, given the nature of our relationship. And mm-hmm. this isn't how I uh, believe that friends interact. And asking some questions of her, I think, started the pattern of us asking questions back and forth.
0: Mm, that's and good. really
1: asking questions brings in that posture of curiosity to say, I really do want to know what you think about this, but we need sure. to talk about it in a way that's honoring right. each other.
0: I am mm. I love that story. Uh, okay. Well, before we wrap it up, I would love for you to share some of what you talk about, about social media. Um, you've got kind of like some little guidelines that are helpful for us mm-hmm. as adults, but also for those of us who have teenagers trying to navigate social media. Can you mm. share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So it's in my section that's titled uh, leading with grace mm-hmm. because in Philippians four, eight, it says, you know, whatever is gracious. Mm. And then it goes on to say in the message, uh, look for the best not the worst yeah and on social media we're kind yeah. of set up I mean literally set yeah. up by the platforms uh. to be going towards the worst yeah. and even what we click on and what we respond mm-hmm. to and how we respond and how the logarithms respond to us we're not really being set up for success uh-uh. so we can take a little bit of control in how we interact with the platforms and therefore how we interact with each other sure and so okay. i I talk about what if, Somebody says something and you think, oh uh, uh-uh. uh, no, I cannot just let this go.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. I need
1: to say something, which I think sometimes <laughs> the the question I ask myself is: am I the right person to speak into this so, right now? So good. And if the answer is no, then I, I have the discipline to just drop it. Uh-huh. But often the answer is yes, because okay. maybe I am a person that is in relationship with this often it's, it's with, um, I have to say with my non-Christian friends that I'm connected to on social media, where I think I might be the only Christian reading this. Exactly. And so I am a person of hope and of Mm, good news. And how do I convey that in this moment? Mm -hmm. So, um, if I'm feeling frustrated, one thing that I try to do is walk away. In that, I want to give myself enough time to calm down. Yes. I don't want to be responding out of anger, out of anxiousness. You know, I don't want to bring the bacon prints burning bacon right. into the conversation. So um maybe it's having a rule for yourself that you won't comment for 24 hours. Yes. Or for two hours, <laughs> or whatever it is that you know you need uh-huh. in order to be clear-headed when you respond. Yes. Um, the second thing is. Write your thoughts out somewhere else. So sometimes I will Perfect. just pound out the comment, and then I'll <laughs> read it back, and I'll think, okay, that's probably not what I need to get right. published in, right? And, but what I realized is I needed to get that out. Yeah. And so maybe getting that out is just pulling up a Word document on yes. your computer. Yes. or Yes, somewhere it in the else. Notes section or you phone. can't
0: accidentally hit send.
1: You're right. Or text it to your husband and just right. say, I need to get this out because yeah. this person really upset me and I need to tell somebody yeah. that this this is why it upset me. Yeah, um, And then maybe you'll decide that what you wrote is appropriate to copy and paste,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but maybe not. Right. Um, make a commitment to yourself. And so by that, I mean, what do you want to be representing when you're on mm-hmm. social media? Think yeah. about this at a time when you're not in the middle of a heated discussion. <laughs> right. Who are you representing and what tone do you want to have? Yeah. For me, tone is a really big thing. So I always want to honor other people, give other ideas, dignity and Mm. extend dignity to people. So that's just my litmus test. Yeah. Does this Mm. have that tone? Yeah. It doesn't It's not specific to a particular topic, though your your commitment to yourself could be about a particular topic.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: could say, "I always want to be speaking on behalf of this certain group of people mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know y- you can decide what is your commitment to yourself right. as you enter social media or ask your kids that, mm-hmm. and then when you know that, it just helps filter out the things you shouldn't be saying sure, so. Um, Um, be mindful of who you follow. So we absorb uh, tone, we absorb language, we absorb how um, conflict is handled by who we follow. Things start to become normal to us. Even if at first we think, oh, that's a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. The more we read that or the more we interact with that, the more normal it becomes. It's true. So I would say, do an inventory of who you follow. Are they offering you ways to help you see God's goodness in the world? Mm-hmm. Are they offering a tone that is one that reflects the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the spirit? Mm-hmm. And if they don't, don't follow them. Mm-hmm. Nobody is making you follow right, anybody. Right. I promise. Now, sure. I did just have somebody ask me this yesterday because I posted something on social media about cancel culture Mm -hmm. and how when we cancel somebody, it means we're taking one idea that they have Mm. and using it as validation to not listen to them about anything else and to say, you don't have anything to offer the world because of the way you voted, the way you uh, dealt with the vaccine, whatever. Right. And um, she said, sometimes on social media, I will silence people or I'll, unfriend them because they make me so upset. But then I realize that I am missing out. I'm essentially canceling them. Sure. So so I want to hear what you
0: said. I want to hear.
1: What I said is, okay, I get that. I personally choose to follow friends that I don't agree with because it helps me not only understand them better, but it helps me understand whole pockets of my fellow citizens that I may not have a lot of contact with that person is representing that thought process to me. And Mm. I, as the kitchen anthropologist Mm -hmm. want to understand my neighbors so Mm. I can love them better. Yes. So I can meet them where they are. Right. However, I do get that maybe it's just too emotionally taxing for you, that there's one person who's just too toxic. Just rubs
0: you wrong. Yeah, just just unhealthy. Yeah, Yeah.
1: or maybe they're in your extended family. For some reason, people in our extended family (laughs) just tend to rub (laughs) us the wrong way. So if you need to unfollow that person, okay. Yeah. But then try to connect with them in other ways. There you go. Because maybe social media mm. isn't the place.
0: Oh, that's good. That's also a way to kind of maintain a relationship because if they notice that you aren't mm-hmm. interacting on social media, it could, yeah, do more damage even. But I love that as an option is mm-hmm. interact with them through other ways. I love it. Yeah.
1: So if now, again, this is a, if it's a person in your actual life. So send them a text, mm-hmm. figure out, sit next to them at church, mm-hmm. you know, do stand next to them on the playground, whatever it is. But if it's a person that is a public figure mm-hmm. that you don't really have a strong relationship with, mm-hmm. and they just get you mad every mm-hmm. time you read something, yeah. I would say, don't follow them. Sure. Just don't. Sure. That's- because they're not really helping you better understand the world, which is yeah. the goal when we're listening to other opinions. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then um, change platforms is sometimes one thing I will say. And mm. unfortunately- <laughs> There, there seems to be toxicity everywhere. Yes, now. right. <laughs> um, I used to say if Facebook's driving you crazy, maybe go on Instagram where uh, it's sweeter. Uh-huh. But Instagram's gotten nasty, so um, I will say different platforms tend to uh-huh. offer different types of interactions sure. and maybe different tones. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something you can do. Is um, Pinterest is still? pretty safe. <laughs> Sure. You're not really interacting with people. Maybe that's why. why. And then uh, the last thing I want to say is I give you complete freedom. And I think you should give this to your children as well. If you change your mind about something that you posted, either a post itself or a comment Mm -hmm. from the past and you have regret, go delete it. Mm, Wow. You know, this isn't the Bible. Like, it's not written in stone forever. Yeah, you can go back, and even if it's, you know, you have a post from like three years ago that no Mm -hmm. one's ever going to see again, Mm -hmm. but it's bugging you Mm. that it's there. Yeah, and you think I've changed. Mm. I I have new information, (laughs) right? Right. I have new information. I don't want to approach the world that way. I don't want to approach other people that way. Yeah, I'm going to go back and delete it. And you know what? just yesterday when I posted that thing about cancel culture, mm-hmm. the first comment I got on Facebook, someone was pushing back on me mm-hmm. and I, I responded right away. And I said, I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause I actually talk about it in the book. And it was the, the question of accountability, but mm. sometimes people need to be held accountable. And sure. I, so I have a whole section on the book about the difference yes. between accountability. So I said that, well, then I noticed that she deleted her comment later. Oh, and I thought, Oh, huh. Interesting. And then I told myself, wait a minute, she's doing exactly what I tell people to do. (laughs) She, she took it on herself to say, I've got new information. She actually does address this. We might, we might agree on this. So it's okay. And don't Uh, get mad at other people. Like I was like a little bit annoyed that she deleted it. Yeah. And I thought, no, that's okay. She has free will. She's maybe reread this and thought Hmm. it wasn't the best comment. Right, Right. And she should have the freedom to go back and delete it. And we we need to give each other the freedom to change. Mm,
0: I love that grace. Mm-hmm. We all
1: need we all need grace. We
0: want we want others to give it to us. We need to give it to others. Oh well, I just feel like this book is kind of a, a handbook for our time and for our culture right now. And if everybody would read this and take to heart the things you share, we could just navigate so much better through all of the things. And who knows what's next? Who knows what's going to come up in 2022? Uh, Mm -hmm. But but we need these wisdom principles. And I love that they're all from scripture and they won't change. (laughs) God's word doesn't change. It's one of my favorite things is there's one thing we can keep coming back to time and time again. Uh, I love talking to you about all of this. Only wish it were in person. But before I let you go, I would love it if you would read it throughout this book. There's just so many special features, but you've got some prayers that Mm -hmm. are just beautiful. And there's a prayer for seeking. And I thought that might be a nice way to wrap up this conversation. Would you um, be willing to read us that as we close?
1: I would love to. Awesome. So if you're listening, I would say if you're in a place where you can close your eyes, Mm. you're welcome to do that. If you want to put your hands open Mm. and accept this and be in communion with these words, um, that might be appropriate too. Mm. This is titled A Prayer for Seeking. Lord, we know you make all things new. You bring the sun up every day and the moon every evening. You are dependable in your consistency and surprising in your new growth. Your goodness is both reliable and refreshing. Open our eyes to where you are already at work. Remind us with each discovery that you will not leave us and you still have more to give. Hmm. Help us to have new vision, a clarity that brings your goodness to the front of our minds. Hmm so that we may know more of you today on this very ordinary kind of day. Hmm. Let us find you in the vacuuming, raking, and scrubbing, Hmm. in the wiping of tears, bottoms, and counters, Hmm. in the early morning light and midnight darkness, in the typing, driving, walking, snoozing, baking of our days, in the boredom, lovely thrilling and angst in the wild and wonderful the bland and predictable in every part of our lives may we see evidence of who you are holy spirit do a work in us so that we may reflect a teensy portion of god's goodness to our circles of people and creation on this planet help us to reflect mercy help us to offer grace, help us to be reconcilers, Mm. help us to be hope bearers so that those who are also seeking goodness will find your essence in us. Mm. May we not be barriers to your good news but amplifiers of it. We trust you with this journey in Jesus and through Jesus we pray. Amen.
0: I love that so much. Thank you for that beautiful prayer. Thanks for being with us. Where where can people just hop online now and follow your goodness as you're seeking goodness?
1: Well, I'm on Instagram. Don't be nasty there. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> um, but anywhere, um, I have a kind of a funny last name. So um, you have to spell my name correctly, but my website is alexandrakirkendall.com, and my Instagram handle is the same, my name. Why don't so you, you spell just have it to for catch- us? Spell yes, us. It's spelled K-U-Y-K-E-N-D-A-L-L.
0: There we go. And we'll have links to all that in show notes, of course. Alex, thank you so much for just being obedient to write this beautiful book that's going to help us um, in so many practical ways in the meta and in the micro. And uh, just just appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you! Thanks for having me again. You've super bet. fun
1: to be on the boy mom podcast. I
0: love I it. I love it. And we'll we'll make sure to keep having you on as you keep sharing so much of God's goodness. Aloha. Bye. Okay, friends, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Alex. And there is a link to her book and her website and all the. Pl- things that she has to offer in the show notes, which you can find at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 141. Thank you so much for your time today. I hope you are encouraged. We have so many great episodes coming up in the weeks to come. This spring is packed. I can't wait to grow with you here. So have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha.